grace and peace be multiplied unto you in the knowledge of God and in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Prayer is a broad topic, and it can be confusing today in our pluralistic society that has so many religions and thoughts. Now, it's neither self-meditation, as is popular with the spiritual practices of yoga, and nor is prayer simply good because mixtures of people come together regardless of their religions. In times of distress, you know this well, nations, leaders might even call upon its citizens to pray as a last resort. And yet, looking at the work of prayer builds upon a wrong foundation. Prayer begins not with me, but with the giver and his gifts, the source. The disciples, being Jews, knew prayer as it's rooted in the Old Testament. The true God had a character to give all good things, even to relent in judgment as heard today with Abraham interceding on behalf of unrepentant Sodom and Gomorrah. Apart from cultural and social issues of prayer, we get to the heart of it all today in our gospel reading. You heard it. Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. If the baptizers said, he who is mightier than I is coming, that forerunner of Jesus. This included addressing God in petitionary prayer. Petitions being all those kinds of requests we want to make over life, whatever it may be. And so when Jesus gave the Lord's Prayer to his disciples, it was more than a rabbi as a teacher who taught that kind of stuff, and it was even mightier than John the baptizer. As God in the flesh, he opened to them and his whole church the fullness of the Holy Trinity to whom we pray. Jesus petitions God as Father. You get that, right? You heard that. But beyond the Lord's Prayer in our text, our reading at the very end has Jesus also speaking of the Holy Spirit. There's the Trinity. Only Jesus teaches us, you see, to turn our petitions rightly before God as Father, to help us receive all the good things He gives. So to call God Father is a gift only given to us through His Son. Last week, the matter of Mary and Martha was over right worship, right? Being busy or listening. And that was to receive what Jesus gave by His Word. And Martha chose the better thing. Now, right after this chapter, chapter 11, the request about prayer comes up is to also receive first what God also must give sinners. Jesus, before his disciples, addressed God frequently as the Father, for he rightly is the only Son from eternity. They had to think it kind of odd. Here's Jesus, the promised Messiah, and he's praying far more about God being Father than they have ever heard in the history of Israel. 
though it's mentioned a few times, but not much in the Old Testament. So to call God Father, then, in teaching prayer meant Jesus placed the disciples and us in a relationship based on his righteousness. This justified grace the Son gave. He could do this because he gave to his Father everything needed to reconcile us to God by death on his cross. Prayer needs a right relationship. And the gospel gives this by grace. And so you heard St. Paul talk about that today, saying, having been buried with Christ in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith, in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. It's the reason why we have a baptism at church in the back. We even extend the Lord's Prayer at that point to that person being baptized right during their baptism. We pray the Lord's Prayer upon them, not just to God, but for them. Now, we have, by the sacrifice of Christ, this great gift. We can call God Father and confidently bring every petition. You have someone who's willing to listen. The first two requests Jesus tells us about reaches beyond life itself to trust God's holy name above all and how his kingdom comes for our benefit. The last three petitions given by Jesus focus on the needs of God's children in our earthly life. And so you know the common knowledge. Food, water, and shelter, that's all we need to survive. Petitions is far more. The whole person before the Heavenly Father. So in other words, bread, forgiveness, deliverance from temptations, each address aspects for both your body and your soul. So an example would be this. Give us this day our daily bread. Well, absolutely, that includes your health, your well-being, your food, all that stuff, but it also includes that little fact that Jesus is the bread from heaven. You need him, too, for a daily life. Forgive us our trespasses. Well, yeah, how can we dare to pray to a holy God without always his abundant forgiveness to approach his goodness? But with that great joy to be able to know we can say, forgive us our trespasses, we're indebted to have to look to the needs of so much in life of those before us that need forgiveness. There's much forgiveness to give in these days. All this from Jesus, who flawlessly prayed to his Father, reveals as perfect man what's good for life and keeps our salvation. It's all right there in the Lord's Prayer. And there's a reason why the Lord's Prayer comes right before the Lord's communion, His Supper. It gathers us to His grace that He gives. And so Jesus promises the Father gives more generously than you or I ever expect. 
The parable of the friends, right, has an extreme situation that turns out in a surprising way. A friend has to entertain an untimely guest, a friend who kind of like, you know, in college days just pops up all of a sudden. You're like, well, I got some SpaghettiOs or something, but I don't know what else to do for you. And so this guy goes to his other friend in town, right? He takes advantage of his friendship, disturbing the very peace of the guy's household and of all times at midnight. And yet this impolite conduct of a friend was not worth the shame it would bring against their friendship and the lack of care for his guest in need. You got to understand back then it was a lot more communal life. It was a lot more that you got to care. It wasn't so much about take care of yourself. We're in this together. And so all this from Jesus we find out then he says what? A generosity that exceeds even his friend's request because Jesus said he'll rise and give him whatever he needs. That's far more than just three loaves of bread. If this is so with a friend who gives, how much more will it be with our Father? The unexpected character of God has a basis grounded on his great love. This is what Abraham was relying on concerning Sodom and Gomorrah. Because as you might remember, Lot and his family were living there in all that darkness. So yeah, it was praying for those people, but he had personal investment in that community. And God's grace for it. Nevertheless, if we focus on our will of praying, we may pass over how generous our Father truly is to his children who call on him. If the gift given in Christ is for you, then all other requests for life stand before this dedication of the Father's love. It's, instead of weighing the requests and the results, it's the revealed will of God by his word that lets prayer be ceaseless and insistent before him. I think a lot of people struggle with prayer at times because we're looking for the answers. Yes, no, not yet. That's the typical simple way of people play with that. But the reality is, is no, the answers for all prayer are found in Scripture and are not easy. But if the Father's generosity pours out in that Word of God for us and all the struggles and all the joys we can celebrate from prayer, the Heavenly Father gives then the greatest gift, the greatest answer, the Holy Spirit, to those who pray. Ask, seek, and knock. That's all encouragement from Jesus, a growing intensity with prayer that belongs to faith in him. He prayed upon his cross, didn't he? With all darkness upon Christ crucified before the Father. And even now continues to intercede for us as our heavenly high priest. If he says human fathers can get it right and end up giving good gifts to their children despite being evil. 
Sorry, dads. But he's just speaking about humanity. Of the old Adam. If that can still do some good, God our Father is far better. Because he is wholly good. Without sin, the one who not only is created but redeemed us by the gift of his Son. And so that holy good is without limit, even when questions or sufferings stand before our lives. Even with tears, when the answer is no. Or the yes isn't quite the way you think it was going to be. It might have a cross. Putting human good, what we see as good, against God's goodness is bound to clash, but not before Jesus. And that's your hope today. He gave the promise, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is not some Pentecostal claim of the Spirit, some searching in your own heart, but the first time you have to know is this is the first time Jesus mentions how the Spirit would be given to his disciples. Instead of passing a gift that would be for this life, that short term, the creative Spirit of God comes from the Father through his Son. A gracious answer to all prayers this Comforter brings and he rested all on the word. He keeps us in the word, that spirit of God. And the spirit's aim is to call, gather, enlighten the whole Christian church on earth and keep it, and you, with Jesus in the one true faith. That's the goal and end of all prayer. We get our answers we want. Save my wife, save my child. Keep, help me keep my job. Help us keep the church. Whatever it may be, it all takes us back to the work of the Spirit who enlightens and keeps us in Christ. And the great love of the Father who loves you as his children. A common saying of Luther is this. A Christian without prayer is just as impossible as a living person without a pulse. This is not the raw work of prayer that men look at in our pluralistic society. The baptized prayer by the promise of the word set before And so it's not surprising that we don't pray when we don't have the word. It is first listening to God so that we can respond rightly and with all goodness of that grace to be his children. Only Jesus teaches us to turn our petitions rightly before God as Father to help us receive all the good things he gives. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. At this, in confession, one.